Greetings and salutations to you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. I am music producer of Chick with Beats. And I am legal eagle Breezy Gibson. <laughs> and we're so glad that you're joining us today. We got a great show lined up for you. We have artist Fire Free joining us for an interview a little bit later. And we also have a special segment from Sean Cobain. So, you know, we're excited. And of course, Beats by Yours Truly. And we'll have some music industry news for you coming up in a little bit. Oh, yeah, man. That music industry news, man. That's strong stuff. So, hey, I, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. We're going to get to the beats and then we'll just dive right on in.
right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Music Marvels with a Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. We have the one, the only fire free in the virtual building with us today. How are you feeling? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Thank you. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you back. This is not your first Music Marvels interview, so it's good to have you on the show again. But for our new listeners and people who may not be familiar, can you give them a little bit of background as to who Fire Free is? <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm Fire Free. I'm a spoken word poet as well as written word and a psychologist. Mm. Okay, let's let's talk about that a, a, a little bit more. So, you know, you do spoken word, uh, written word. How did you get into poetry? Um, poetry has been very healing for me. Um, so, to not make a to make a long story short, um, I I left and I've been doing poetry all my life, but I left an abusive relationship and about ten years ago, and I had to reestablish who I am as a person and had to grow and so I realized um, that I had so much built up and pent up emotion and expression that had just been, had been, you know, um, I, I'd been holding in and so as a result I started writing and then I started performing and then um, performance grew into being a, um, a community activist and being around the community and I did it all while I was um, in grad school getting my master's in psychology. Okay, okay. So that's really an interesting blend. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how poetry may have helped you during that process or how your educational background may help you with poetry? Oh, it is the craziest blend. So <laughs> um, as a result of doing everything, I noticed that writing and journaling really did a lot for me and allowed me to kind of see some of the things that I was going through. And then when I reread it, I was able to kind of understand some of my emotions and like actually look at myself as an outsider looking in and seeing a lot of my own struggles. And so um, my poetry would be an expression of what I was feeling at the time and I ended up writing a book um, about that period of time called Commit to Healing which I focus on a lot of um, of my process during the, during my the the time where I'm looking at like my emotions I'm giving my emotions thoughts and I'm giving I'm giving the feelings that I'm having my anxiety and my my sadness and all of the things I was feeling at the time I'm able to give it um, some substance and that really allowed me to kind of let those emotions flow and and. I wasn't, um, <laughs> I wasn't stuck. <laughs> um, one of the things that may happen with trauma is that trauma is is stunting and it can leave you in that time of trauma. Um, and so when I was able to kind of write all that out, it was able to move me and allow me to move forward through my process. And so um, the, the strength of being able to study um, my mental health, study mental health while I was looking so closely and working through my own, um, really truly did go hand in hand and let me see the the gifts that, that come from giving myself the permission to express my thoughts. Mm, wow, that's really deep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, hearing you explain it that way makes it make so much sense. And, you know, being in the artistic community, we know that so many people struggle with mental health issues. And so, you know, how would you recommend people, uh, artists, creative types, whatever, like any types of ups and downs that they go through, how would you recommend that they, they handle that? I honestly encourage expression but especially because in the art world expression is also tied to things that cause anxiety and stress mm -hmm. i also recommend opening up to other forms of expression like if you're an artist hang out and with writers read read some writing um if you're a musician hang out with with you know, other types of performers and other types of artists. We honestly are our own uh, mental health um, community. And then I also strongly encourage anybody who hasn't, if, if you can have a, have a professional, have a therapist, 
um, close by and, and to make sure that you, you can have a creative relationship with your therapist. Um, but it, it, because of the way that times have been lately, that may not necessarily always be easy. Um, so at least have some sort of professional um, that you can consult with if possible. And um, also make sure that you are able to, in a place where you can reflect on your own feelings and you have a support community with you. So if somebody is able to say, you know, you're kind of different right now, you can at least have some some sort of bearing of what that difference looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so you've already dropped, you know, tons of gems. <laughs> so, you know, if you look back over um, your artistic career specifically, what would you say is the most valuable thing you've learned along the way? Oh, my artistic journey was necessary. I, one of the things that I, I want to say is I came from a family that seemed to be really intentional about structure and um, but not very clear about how to put that in place. So over time, I've realized that I, I've been able to kind of study myself more and learn myself more. And I would say that the most important thing is to just be true to who you are as an artist and as a person. If what you have been told that you need to do does not fit for you and you you know it in your heart, don't don't do it. Chase (laughs) chase what is good for you. Yeah, I wish I could underline that. <laughs> Those are some serious words of wisdom. Because, um, yeah, you can go through a, a lot of pain and, you know, discomfort in the meanwhile, trying to fight against what's natural for you. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Um, you know, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, getting in touch with, uh, you know, things that happen to you. And I, I think that that's a common thing for artists particularly, especially if they try to, you know, write from the heart or, you know, develop something from the heart. And so, (laughs) you know, with you having that, that um, therapist background, you know, I I think that that's a a really convenient thing. And um, since you had mentioned before that, you know, we need to kind of connect with other people, do you have anything to suggest specifically for someone who decides to you know what, I'm going to write about this experience and then all of a sudden it pulls up some really uncomfortable stuff that maybe they weren't even really aware of before. Like in that moment, like, you know, do they just continue to push through it? Do they need to stop, take a break? What would you recommend? There's a lot of different ways to handle that. Um, A lot of times, so what it sounds like you're describing is is a trigger. You know, a lot of times we do things that do trigger us (laughs) and (laughs) triggers can happen at any time. Um, And a lot of times, especially with trauma um, and dealing with high issues of stress, people don't know exactly what to do. Um, Something that I am uh, offering is a free download of the first two steps of my workbook. I actually have a workbook that is focusing on dealing through and working through issues that when people are not necessarily sure what to do and and going through exactly what you're describing. Um, And it's five steps. Um, when when it's completed, it'll be five steps that people are able to work through to help them kind of ground themselves and figure out where to go from there. That's a beautiful thing. And you said it's available for download? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it'll be, um, I have a link that I can share with you guys. And the workbook is The Cope Life, um, which you can download um, on my Twitter and you can also um, get it. I, I, if you guys would like it, I, I can also give you a link for your listeners to be able to download through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can go ahead and share those now if you'd like. Oh, Make sure you sure grab your pins, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you can always go to my Twitter at freefire at freefire on Twitter, and um, you can also download on my Instagram at freefire. And then with Music Marvels, um, I can just hand it to um, you. Can go to 
wherever they choose to put it, um, where there's a form you fill out, you can um, give, give us your, give me your name and your email, and then the download will be available for you. Wonderful. All right. And so, you know, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to do that and to share that with us because, you know, it's, it's something that's really common with a lot of artists. And I think sometimes other artists may not know that or understand that they're not the only one going through a hard time. So, you know, that's one of the things every now and then we try to bring up, you know, the importance of mental health. So that way, you know, people know, like, if, if it's something going on, don't feel bad about it. You're not the only one and there are ways to get through it. So thank you so much for doing that and for sharing it with our audience. Thank you. Thank you so much for just spreading the information. It's so, it is important that people know and you're doing great work and awesome for allowing people to have access to more information. Thank you. And so, okay, now let's uh, get back a little bit to <laughs> Fire Free <laughs> the Artist. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you've worked on that people may be able to check out online or? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so I have, um, I have actually have a CD that I've done with a chick with beats, um, that I'm working on building and growing, um, an understanding for it's actually a relaxation CD called the last dress sessions. Um, and it's a poetic focus. Um, which is geared toward allowing people to also um, deal with high issues, issues of stress and anxiety. Um, I'm also, I, I kind of have sidestepped into the um, arena of, of um, the political arena due to the fact that mental health is not as accessible as it should be to people. So um, I'm working with uh, the Green Party <laughs> a lot more now to kind of bring awareness to the fact that um, people need access to mental health care. Um, and so uh, poetically, I'm not necessarily taking a break. It's just that um, being true to myself has, has kind of um, taken the direction that policy and lawmaking have been very important. Can we pause for a minute? I have a visitor. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that with everyone. Um, you know, and yes, I'm, I'm very excited that I get to be a part of the relaxation CD process. So thank you for including me on that. Those beats are amazing. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so excited that I was able to work with them. So I, I love your work. Thank you. And so, um, when would you say it would probably be the first time you got on the mic to actually spit? Now, I don't know if that was something that you <laughs> intended to share with our listeners or, or not. I'm sorry if I let the cat out the bag, but <laughs> she, she's also an MC, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, I, I love, like, a spitting for real, um, I think was with you, I think. I mean, uh, I think it was like until 2011 when we did the show, um, maybe not Detroit, but one of the shows in Kalamazoo or mm. Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. That was like the first, oh, you know what it was? It was when I opened for, um, when I opened for DC and I did the, uh, I did that show with them, Ladies First. And then Miss Corona was there and I was able to do, um, oh, jeez, I was able to do, um my that my spoken word piece and I was able to just like just rip it and it was it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> yes see that's a beautiful thing and you know you were just talking about uh, getting into the political arena and you know that's not really an uncommon thing because what well, I think at one point Scarface was mm -hmm. <laughs> running for a uh, council I believe yes uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Killer Mike. I think at one point even Uncle Luke was running, I think for mayor. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how um, do you feel that those trends work together? You know, it's so it's so amazing to to come from such a powerful space of hip hop because 
um, with the roots of it being disenfranchised youth who basically came out and told the world and adapted the world to the mm. fact that they're not going to just sit down and be quiet. It's nice to be in a space where we can actually look and see um, how hip hop has changed not just the world, but um, structures that have been rooted in white, white insecurity and hate hatred. Um, and so being that we are now coming from where we were, um, it's, it's only right. It's only right that hip hop and um, that, that figures move into a direction when they start saying, you're not going to make me sit down and shut up. And, and I have no problem being part of that movement. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And so, okay, you mentioned that you were working with the Green Party. And for anybody that's not really um, clear on what the Green Party represents, you know, I think Republican, Democrat, that's all kind of clear cut. Everybody knows that. But, you know, in order for this to truly be a democracy, we do need more than two parties and other parties do need to be recognized. So could you give the listeners a little bit of background on what the Green Party represents? So the Green Party represents a lot of things. Um, for me, I've, because I've, I've identified with them for so long, um, the Green Party is like, um, <laughs> I would say that the progressives of the Democrats are like Green Party light. So the Green Party is very like pro-environment. It's very pro-social um, social justice awareness. It's very strong on recognizing the issues within capitalism um, and, and recognizing and valuing socialism and, and valuing that people who contribute to their worlds and to the world around them need to also be um, supported and protected by that world. Um, it's about not being so easily swayed by people who have money. So there's there's a lot of integrity behind the Green Party, um, and there's a recognize and there's a recognition that people are important and they should be able to use their voices. And so, um, as somebody who takes who who is so strong on on the on the importance of the fact that in order for people to be able to contribute to a system they need to be able to live um i i i strongly align with the fact that anti-fascism and the beliefs and the and the values of world war ii that our country held are still upheld within the green party um, and a lot of the understanding and the the strength behind the way that the country that we came up um, economically after World War II were, were, were recognized through um, a lot of the different parts of the Green Party are, are, are recognized, the history is recognized in the Green Party. Mm. So like the understanding of like power to the people and um, just the ability to, to, to be more educated and to have more information about the food that we eat and, and, and feeding and taking care of families and children. Mm, that's a wonderful synopsis. And I, I like how you said how some of the progressive Democrats are <laughs> Green Party light. So, yeah, because I mean, what you, what you described is basically what most people believe the Democratic Party to uphold, but know that they don't. So, right. yeah, that's, that's a really great synopsis. And thank you so much for sharing that and giving the breakdown. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you. knowledge is pow power. And, you know, that's one of the elements of hip hop. So it know, is. Yeah, and we, we really should hold to it a lot more strongly than we have been. And I, I can talk to you a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, okay. To uh, switch it up really quick. <laughs> this is a little bit different, so forgive me if it's kind of left field. But artistically, if there were five artists slash poets you could work with on your next project, you know, living, hypothetical, however you want to call it, who would they be? Man, you know what? I would love to work with the RZA because he mm -hmm. also did a meditation CD. Um, I would love to work with... 
kind of want to kill a mic. I would love to work with Killer Mike. Um, I would love to work with <laughs> Jean Grey. Mm -hmm. I would love to work with you. And I would love to work with um, this last one is hard because I'm like, who should <laughs> There's a few options here. <laughs> but um I guess I would I would I kinda would like to work with Marlon Crafts. Mm. Mm. He's got a great mix going on there. And thank you so much for including me in that. I feel humbled and honored. <laughs> what I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you were naming Rizza, Jean Grey. Oh man! Then to hear me in there, it was like, oh wow, thanks. <laughs> I, it, I mean, and and you kind of you understand the uniqueness of an artist's brain. I think in ways that that I appreciate greatly. So, um, especially when yeah, you talk about like Jean Grey, and then you got the RZA and you have so many complexities I, I just can't see anybody being able to to melt and, and recognize that and and flow with it the way that you can oh, thank you <laughs> so okay so we're getting a little bit close to the time to wind it down uh you did drop one of your socials before I believe if you could do that and let people know where they can um also check out your cd your relaxation cd so um yeah so okay i have um, free fire i'm free fire on twitter i'm free fire on instagram and then you can also check out free fire on youtube um where you can uh check out the video that i have for close your eyes um which is my um it's an affirmation and relaxation piece um and then you can always check me out at freefire.com, which is my website. Awesome. Can you spell it for the listeners? Yes. Free Fire. So free, F-R-E-E, Fire, P-H-I-R-E. Um, fire is with a P-H, all one word. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that information again. And before we do go ahead and close this out, if there's, um, you know, like a lasting thought or something that you want to leave with the listeners, you can feel free to do that now or any, you know, shout outs to anyone um, that you'd like. Can I take a minute and just take you all through a quick exercise from the workbook? Um, Absolutely. So the first part is just simply taking a moment and stepping out into a place of peace. And it's the first part is I don't know how I'm doing right now and it's okay to have that moment so take a breath and when you don't know or you're not sure how you're doing you can do a quick inventory of I know that I smiled today because many things can affect us emotionally in many ways sometimes it's just easy to do a quick check mark on have I smiled today and what made me smile today? And thinking back on that memory, that brought back that smile. Was it something someone said? Was it something someone did? Or maybe was it just the moment that you had with yourself? And just reflect on that and sit in it. How did you feel when you smiled? And what do you think will make you feel better or again as you move forward? That's just a moment. Um, and that was it. That was just the question that sometimes it works to ask, you know, what made me smile today? That's beautiful. Well, that made me smile today. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. It's good because it does kind of, you know, just kind of calm your mind and help you focus on, you know, what really matters. So um, as she stated, that's available. So make sure that you get at her so you can get your workbook because, you know, if there's help out there, why not take advantage of it? All right. And so thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you coming on the show again. It was great to have you back and hope to have you back on again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right.
Man, what an incredible interview. It was really, really good to have her on the show again. It's been a long time, but, you know, it's just great to have her back. Oh, yes. You know, her views are have an intrinsic value. You know, I'm glad that she was in the mix. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. We're going to get back to some more music and then we'll be back with a special segment from Sean Cobain. How about that? Now, you know, this is a segment that we always look forward to. You know, it's a one that uh, is very informative and it gives a different train of thought, a different views from a different side. And, you know, joining us one more time, one more again, is the one and only Sean Cobain. 
Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Keep it simple, man. That's a point that I probably hit on before, but it's just one of the things that I run into often, and it's just uh, the power of networking and doing it properly. Um, and a lot of times people have like a point person uh, that they kind of idolize professionally, and that's fine. But a lot of times people spend so much time trying to get to that person that they don't really realize how big a person can't uh, has to be at times to make things work or understand that there are other people involved. So and a lot of times the people that you see at the top, that person is not the one, that's not the genius that knows everything. They just, you know, a lot of times they have the talent, they're good at a couple of things, but the people that they put around them, uh, that enables them to, to reach the, the amount of success that we see. Uh, so like the, one of the main things is you see this, the, the point person, um, understanding their support team, understanding that they have a support team, and really just understanding how to pick a team. And that's the hardest part. You know, a lot of people just pick friends, family, because in the beginning that's all they have. They don't have a budget, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look and if you really shop yourself, if you really have a plan, a solid plan, like the business plan, it's the same thing with other people. You can get people on board for little to no, you know, overhead in the beginning, and then you make your deals like on the back end, of course, that's assuming that both of you are really committed and you really have a passion for it. Um, and the other part is understanding the vision, right? So if everyone on the team understands the vision and doesn't have, you know, a, a conflicting vision or pretty much they're selfish and they're doing it on their own, that definitely helps a lot. Like, and that's just things that I've seen uh, in my experiences and working with the workplace. You know, we've been more successful when everyone is bought into a team concept and a goal that benefits everyone instead of, you know, one or two people. Of course, people aren't going to be on board with that. And I think, like I said, in closing, um, just choosing wisely. It's going to be natural to want to go with friends. It's going to be natural to want to go with family. But you kind of want to stick, stay away from that uh, unless they have a technical capabilities. And even if they do have technical or technical capabilities, when you're making these partnerships or networking with people, put it on paper mm. and put it on paper when everything is good. That way, <laughs> in the event, everything, something does happen, which especially in this business often it does. A lot of people will not agree with you creatively and then it will kind of carry over into um, personal, even though it shouldn't, but but it does. So that'll really be my mid, my, my tidbits, man. You, have, you find your, your point person, uh, kind of let's take a look at their team. And the person I'll use an example would be LeBron James and his off the court business, uh, as far as like uh, Rich Paul or Maverick Carter, people not really understanding how uh, influential and important they are to the process of building, you know, his, uh, his business so, or building his brand, I should say. So, and even for people, kind of take a look at those two two names, Rich Paul and Maverick Carter. I watched an interview on Maverick Carter yesterday, and he was just talking like how he kind of just stumbled into the position. Mm. He just had a passion. He had an idea, and he knew people, but his approach to it is what, you know, one of the things that got him to where he is. I mean, we're talking about him right now. So people understand the value of networking. Um, if you start early, you'll be more comfortable doing it when you meet the bigger people. Mm. So talk among your peers, you know, that being antisocial, that, that won't get you anywhere. And these people are lying anyway, because it's not the industry that, that you advance being antisocial. <laughs> so that's it for me. Well, you know, you know, those are some strong views right there. Yes. Um, that, that intelligence factor, information factor was right there at that high level that it always has been. So, you know, uh, I know the peeps are enjoying that and uh, because it's educating them just like it is me. Yes, same here. I mean, you know, that's a, a, a very uh, foundational thing, a piece that a lot of people don't have. So, you know, we appreciate you bringing that wisdom and that knowledge because, you know, w without that, you know, things can fall apart. So, yeah, we really, really appreciate you. And likewise, and as a matter of fact, I'll give a perfect example. That's what this relationship is built off of. That was just 
you know, organic network again. Here we are. Mm-hmm. So something mm-hmm. I definitely always appreciate. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we thank you again and we can't wait to have you back for next time. Awesome. Appreciate being here. Look forward to talking to you again. All right. The one and only Sean Cobain. <laughs> Take care. Man, he always provides value every time he comes on the show. You know, it takes it to a different level, you know, and that's good for the listeners to be able to hear his uh, his thoughts and ideas. Yes, yes. A lot of insight. And so, you know, make sure that you stay on the lookout. He will be back. Um, he comes on our platform about once a month. So yeah, make sure that you stay tuned for that. All right. We're going to get back to some more music and then we'll be back with music industry news after this. industry news i got a special little tidbit for the michiganders like myself out there uh spread the music festival is coming back for march and they're actually looking for performers so if that's you if you're from michigan and you perform and you want to showcase your talent um, it's going to be online so you get to perform you know from your own domain safely and um you know it's raising money for a good cause for other michigan artists so make sure that you check them out. Um, you can apply by emailing info at michiganmusicalliance.org. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. Another tidbit, now this is coming out of Michigan, but it's open to everybody. So, you know, just make sure that you, you're aware of what's going on. Expansive Hip Hop Icons exhibition debuts at Marshall M. Frederick's Sculpture Museum. So all the artifacts from the uh, exhibit come from Dr. Khalid El-Hakim 
So if you've ever heard of the Black History 101 Mobile Museum that's traveled all over the country, he's got some of his artifacts set up at this exhibit, which you are able to view online. And in addition to this exhibit, they're also having uh, hip hop film Q&As. So Beach Street's getting covered. I mean, Eight Mile, like tons of good ones. And then so there's actually sessions with people who worked on these films. So all this stuff is available online. It's free to the public, so just make sure that you head over to their website, marshallfredericks.org, to check it out and, uh, you know, sign up if you're interested in attending any of those Q&As. Next up, DistroKid launches a matchmaking service to help labels find unsigned artists. Now, this is kind of interesting because between this, um, there's another thing happening too. Uh, Sony Music just bought AWOL and Cobalt neighboring rights. So between those two things happening, the whole bottom line is, is that they're coming into indie artist territory. So with these purchases and, you know, developing, you know, these new uh, funnels for funneling indie artists into the major labels, what's happening is indie artists are starting off with these smaller platforms and they're finding success and the majors want a chunk of it any way they can get it. And so now they're actually purchasing these smaller outfits to, you know, cut back on the work they have to do trying to find people. But, you know, both of these processes allow them to just kind of monitor uh, stats and plays and see how things are going before they just snatch the indie artists up. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) I got to chime in. I don't like it because, see, you know, the, 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 the huge monster companies in, in the music industry, they're trying to, they're grabbing for every quarter, dime, nickel, and every penny. And in that motion, they're squeezing the young person out. They're squeezing the independent artist out. That's not right. You know, everybody needs a, their own room to do what they want to do with their own talent. And indie artists are leading the way with that globally. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it. It, it doesn't smell good. I got to chime in. That's not a good thing happening for uh, the uh, the independent artists. Period. You're absolutely right. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. So, you know, make sure that you keep your eyes open to uh, what's going on. You know, sometimes these opportunities sound kind of good on the surface, but when you dig into it, you find out that it's not. So beware, like I've been saying for years, Indies where it's at. And the major labels know that, so they're coming for for the arena. Also in news, now, PRS for Music decided to institute tariffs. So they already had it set up for live concerts, but you know now that we're moving into a live streaming age, um, they decided, well, one of the tariffs that was included in it, so tariffs are basically, you know, asking for money right off the top for the concerts, but if a concert, if a live stream concert brought in less than 500, they wanted uh, about 9% of a fee right off the top. So if you're already making less than a certain amount of money, the fact that they were charging on top of that just outraged most of the UK uh, music industry and rightfully so, um, especially in a time like this to where people are still trying to bring their art to people and they might not be making all the money that they were making before. Uh, you know, it seems kind of greedy of PRS to come in and try to, you know, take the little bit of money that was made. Now, their original claim was to make sure that all the songwriters get paid as well. So, but even if you are performing just strictly your own songs, nobody else's stuff, just your concert, your music, initially they were still requesting a chunk of that if you made less than 500 euros so i mean it's it's just it was really really frustrating and kind of sad to hear but now they've reversed their stance on that just saying you know if you're performing your own works then you don't have to worry about paying it if you make less than 500 so good news that um they changed their minds on that but it's still a little bit crazy that they even tried that in the first place I smell a music, a global music monotony. Mm-hmm. I smell it. It does. This does not pass the smell test. Even if they did reverse their their view, mm-hmm. um, there's so much of this going on everywhere. 
from around, I mean, even in every nook and cranny, they're grabbing for the money and they're squeezing the small guy who's talented, who's got their own music, who's who's doing their own writing. They're squeezing them and us out. I don't mm. like it. It doesn't pass the smell test. Yep, you're 100% correct. Now, also, you know, overseas, um, some good news for the German record industry. So they won another win against a company that's been manipulating streams for artists. And so, you know, we're aware that it happens all over the globe. So it's not just Germany, but um, in a lot of the countries um, in Europe, they've been experiencing it a bit more than anywhere else. And so, you know, they got another ruling against them because what's happening is when these artists purchase these uh, streams from these countries, they're manipulating the stats because with these streaming companies, the pie is divided amongst the artists that participate. So even though they're doing it maybe to make themselves look good or just to, you know, earn more revenue, they're taking money away from people who've actually earned those streams and should be getting the portion of that pie that's divvied up so the fact that they you know won this ruling against this company is pretty good they've still got you know a long way to go to try to eradicate it as much as possible but um you know that's one of the problems with being fake you know you're actually cheating other people who've done the work and uh you know built the audience from money that they should be receiving here we go again All right, and that does it for uh, music news for this week. Yeah, yeah I, I want to just give a special salute, a uh, special shout out to the one and only Big Boy from Outcast, and uh, in celebrating a birthday uh, earlier this week. So, uh, you know, he's one of the trailblazers, been there, done that, and still is. And so, uh, with a positive tip as well. So, just want to give a shout out to Big Boy from Outcast and. Uh, Happy birthday, big guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's one of the most versatile uh, MCs that there is out there. I love how he dives into different genres and, you know, he's just so respected and rightfully so. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to a little bit more music before we come back to close out the night.
that's a wrap for this week's edition of Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. We thank you again for joining us. And, uh, you know, it's always fun. We love doing this. And we hope you love being here with us while we do it, right? That's right. You know, the music news, the music beats, you know, the sounds that you're putting together. You know, it's, it's just a glorious, I mean, really glorious thing. So we're glad to be here and uh, having fun one more again. <laughs> yes, indeed. And please, if you're interested in, um, you know, joining us, uh, being a special guest on our show at some point, uh, you just scroll down on the Music Marvels page, fill out the submission form. We'll check it out and hopefully uh, you can join us. Or if you know someone else that would make a great addition and be a special guest, please have them do that. And uh, so, yep, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Tell a friend, tune in. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.